What does it mean to honor your ambition? Honoring your ambition is leaning in and listening to your own voice. It's learning how to silence the external noise so you can hear your inner knowing. It's trusting yourself, believing you can, and achieving what matters. In this episode of Elite Achievement, learn more about ambition, how to overcome ambition barriers, and connect with three women who are on a mission to help others honor their ambition. Our discussion highlights the need for a community that understands what it means to have ambition and teaches women how to honor their ambition. I am thrilled to partner with today's guest for the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind. Learn more at honoryourambition.com. Now sit back, grab your notebook, and get ready to feel what it's like when the world tells you you shouldn't, but your heart tells you you should. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Kristen here, and today I'm discussing a topic that is near and dear to my heart, ambition. I've invited two accomplished and ambitious women I've respected and admired for a long time to join me in this discussion. Leslie Greasel is the owner of Longview Leadership and is on a mission to joyfully inspire and empower people to achieve results on purpose. Leslie pioneered an executive-level leadership path for herself in a Fortune 200 firm, and she is passionate about leading others to success in their own careers. Leslie is one of Kansas City's 40 Under 40, a marathon runner, yoga student, and loves her husband and two soccer-playing daughters. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, Kristen. It's so great to have you. Well, I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to join you in this conversation. You bet. I am going to get back to you here in just a moment. I've also invited Nicole Khalil, a speaker, host of the This Is Woman's Work podcast, coach, wife, and mama, to the show today. Nicole's work centers around removing the roadblocks, biases, and challenges that trailblazing professional women face so they can thrive as their authentic selves. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Kristen. No place I would rather be than with the two of you. It's going to be such a dynamic conversation between the three of us. And the three of us connected because of a gap we recognized in our own experiences. We all experienced being told we were too much. But rather than shrinking away from our ambition, we have found common ground in belonging with one another to honor who we are. When it feels like the world tells us we shouldn't be so ambitious, we support and encourage one another. Leslie, as promised, I'm coming back to you. In your opinion, what is ambition? Well, I think ambition is one of those questions that people could define on their own terms. But to me, 
Ambition wraps up a lot of phrases that I would say are some sort of excitement about the future, a desire for growth, a desire for learning, this kind of wondering about, man, how can I make a big difference? How can I have a breakthrough in life? How can I better serve? How can I get paid for doing things that I love to do? How can I really be in touch with kind of this whisper or voice on my heart that I know is there and I know it's going to bloom into something special? That's what I think ambition is. And ambition is, I think, being able to identify it in terms of your inner voice and then add a little head to heart to say, man, how can I do that? And I think it starts there. I don't know that it's always clearly defined the path of how to, but ambition in and of itself is a little bit of a heart's desire to want to, you know, do something great. Nicole, as you think about ambition, what does it mean to honor your ambition? Yeah. So before I answer that, I want to give a little bit of background in that I experienced for a very long time the feeling that I was too ambitious as a woman, very specifically as a woman. I experienced what was celebrated in my male counterparts felt used against me a lot. And, you know, the B word (laughs) in leadership, the questioning about if I was going to start a family, when I was going to start a family, when I was going to get married, there, there just felt like a lot of noise. And so I really bought into the lie for a very long time that as a woman, or at least as, and I put in air quotes, a good woman, that I was, like you said, too much. I was too ambitious, too opinionated, too focused on work, too driven, too fill in the blank. And so for me, as you ask about honoring my ambition, it started first as accepting it. I first had to accept my ambition and understand that that's what was true for me, regardless of what anyone else thought or what anyone else felt. There was this desire, as Leslie said, this want, this belief that I not only could, but that I should accomplish certain things that was in direct conflict with the noise that I was getting from the outside. So for me, it was accepting. And then it was trusting and believing and achieving. And we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. But it took me a while. This idea of honoring my ambition is a very new feeling. It took me a while to move from accepting to trusting to celebrating to now at this point. How do I honor my ambition? You mentioned, Nicole, that there have been a lot of times where you've been told you're too, insert the blank. I too have been told I am too ambitious by a former leader. And as I reflect on what it means to be ambitious and it's having this strong desire to achieve or to do something, I really have a hard time wrapping my mind around that being a bad thing. Wouldn't ambition be a really positive thing for so many of us as we work or grow our businesses or grow our families? And Leslie, as you shared, ambition is really connecting your head to your heart and learning to lean in and listen to that inner voice. Can you share 
some examples, Leslie, of how you have honored your own ambition. Sure. Yeah. I empathize with Nicole and you, Kristen. There are a lot of challenges I'm sure we'll discuss about honoring our own ambition. But one of the vivid memories I have, and I will tell you, I had support in this process. It was me getting to a point of frustration around compensation where I felt like, you know, it wasn't equitable. I was not given the financial opportunity that some of my peers had. And that was really my opportunity to speak up for myself and say, hey, here's what I believe I'm worth now in terms of financial earnings and also what I believe I'm capable of in the future. So what I had to do as a first step was believe that myself. Nicole just said, trust yourself. And I will be honest and say that at first, I didn't know if I had full trust in myself. <laughs> I had to say, no, Leslie, that's right. And then believe that is the truth to go and start to build some personal conviction and also build a case, do some research, gather some facts, make it a little bit more logical than just emotional and, and then go and act on it. Have courageous conversations, practice the art of negotiation to get to a point where I felt like I was honoring what I needed to do for me, which was to speak up around compensation and to be paid what I believed to be at least what I was worth at that time, but also to create an avenue for myself to be able to learn and negotiate on behalf of my future ambition. So I think that's one of the more vivid times. I even, you know, spoke with friends about it amongst the industry. I leveraged a coach that I had hired to help me with the belief and with the art of conducting the conversations. And I will tell you, it felt so good. It felt powerful. It felt freeing that I wasn't just settling for what the circumstances or the environment at that time was telling me. I was taking more control over what I wanted my future to look like in the moment and ongoing. And that act of honoring my ambition was very confidence building. As you describe that situation, Leslie, I'm hearing you say that you had this feeling and you recognize that you weren't being compensated in a way that aligned with others. And you were able to separate the emotion from the logic of the situation. You consulted with friends through the situation. You hired a coach to work through the belief and help you frame some of the courageous conversations. And you were able to honor your ambition. One of the thoughts that's coming to my mind is, how often do you think courageous conversations are a part of honoring your ambition? Oh, I think so often. I mean, it starts with ourselves, right? Like I mentioned that little voice. Sometimes it's as quiet as a whisper on your heart of talking to yourself. We probably have, <laughs> I don't know the science behind it, but a million conversations with ourselves each day. And I think courage within and courage with our personal network, whether that be our family, our spouses, our friends, our colleagues, our mentors, people we seek advice from is essential to the process of growth and the process of living life outside your comfort zone or at least pushing its edges. 
I'm feeling much the same way. And it's important to highlight what starts to come about as we explore honoring your ambition, as people really truly want to honor their ambition, knowing that those courageous conversations are going to be a part of it. And Leslie, I appreciate how you shared a lot of that starts with yourself in the whisper that you have on your heart. Nicole, how about you? What are some examples you have of honoring your own ambition? So I have two that I think are the biggest examples. And I want to go on record to say I have more and more examples now of honoring my ambition than I did early on, but that I still sometimes struggle with this. And I certainly struggled with it early on in my career. So the two biggest examples I have of honoring my ambition is when I left my position, comfortable, secure income, from the outside looking in, a great position to have. And I just knew that it wasn't enough. I knew I wasn't going to get compensated in the way I ultimately wanted to be compensated. I knew I wasn't going to get the opportunities that I ultimately thought that I wanted. And it just became apparent after banging my head against the wall over and over and over again, that the environment that I was in was not going to deliver on what I ultimately wanted or felt I deserved. And we've talked about this recently. I think the process that comes up for me every once in a while is forgiving myself for how long that took, for how long I stayed in a place that ultimately wasn't going to allow for me to create the lifestyle, the work environment, and achieve the goals that I ultimately wanted. But at some point, I had enough and I stepped down. And not all of it was ill-intentioned or dealing with bad people or blatant sexism or anything like that. Those things existed for sure. But it wasn't all that. It just ultimately came to a point where it was like, is what I want important enough to step away from what's comfortable and what's safe in order to get it. And that is probably the biggest example I have professionally before I chose to honor that ambition and believe that what I wanted in my heart of hearts, the desire that was inside of me, was worth risking and doing whatever it took. The second example is more personal and more of a work in progress, but has become a bigger topic in the last year, is honoring my ambition within my marriage. Jay is uber successful, highly compensated business owner, takes on a lot of risk, is exceptionally good at what he does. And I could not possibly be more proud. But I had to also reconcile that I am just as ambitious, if not in our marriage, potentially a little bit more. I'm just as career oriented. I aspire to be just as highly compensated. You know, Everything that makes him successful professionally lives inside of me too. And I had to understand that his career ambitions were always going to be more recognized, more accepted, more appreciated in society, in our day-to-day lives than mine were. I think back when I was pregnant, so many people asked me whether or not I was going to come back after maternity leave to work. Or how many people, even when I said, yes, absolutely, I am. They were like, you'll see, you won't know until it happens. And how often my own 
desires and choices were questioned by outsiders. And it would frustrate me to no end, but oddly, it frustrated Jay even more because he would see this happening and he'd be like, of the two of us, if there is somebody who's going to be a stay-at-home parent, it'd be more likely to be him than it would be me. But that never got questioned. It's never a question for him to travel for work or to do a weekend or evening event for work. And it's always a question for me. And first and foremost, internally, I have a lot of angst and I've had a lot of guilt about that. And really coming to the point where it's like, no, I get to honor my ambition at the same level that we create the space for Jay to honor his and that I want to be an example to our daughter of what that looks like to believe and operate as a family unit under the belief that my goals and the things that I want to accomplish are just as valuable, just as important, and just as worth investing in as Jay's. I know there's an element of luck, but I also know that I chose a very good man and that I've been very communicative about these things and that I'm willing to have those conversations than you and Leslie were just talking about and keep building off of them to the point where things aren't equal, meaning 50-50 in all aspects 100% of the time, because I don't know that that exists. We cover each other a lot, but we often have the conversations. How do we make this equitable in our relationship? When you talk about making this equitable, share with us the difference between equal and equitable. The way that it works in our family is we know things aren't going to be equal all the time. So there are times in our relationship where I made more money than Jay did. And there are times where he's made more money than I have. And then there are times where we've equally contributed to the household financially. So when I think of equal, I think of that couple year period of time where we're both contributing the exact same amount. When I think of equitable, I think about the fact that we have supported each other to do what we need to do professionally and financially by covering each other and that not being just a one-way street. Equal would be if we had the exact amount of pickups and school drop-offs and things like that. Equitable is how do we talk about what's important for our businesses or for our goals and how do we make sure again, that we're covering for each other and that each person gets what they need. So for example, I cover all of the mornings in our household. Why? Because Jay likes to get up at 4.30 in the morning and he likes to be in work mode by 7 a.m. That's not my choice. Jay covers a lot more of JJ's lunch hours being virtual and has a couple days where he is done at 3 o'clock And so I tend to take more of those midday afternoons because that's what works better for us. So it's not quote unquote equal, but it's equitable in that we're coming from a place that both of our careers are important, both of our goals are important, and both of our commitments to each other are as important in our decision-making process and our conversations and in how we test things out. 
It sounds, Nicole, like you've gotten to a place where you've learned to believe in yourself and your potential and then trust in your partner and your marriage to be able to communicate your ambition to bring that to a reality. Yeah. And I'll tell you, honestly, I've been the bigger problem in this because what my MO is, is I make a decision for us. So example, over COVID, over the summer, with summer camps being not available or whatever, I made the decision on my own, zero conversation. At that point, Jay's business was paying more into our household than mine was. And I knew we were limited on time. And so I decided that I was going to take a little bit of a step back time-wise in my business. And to make a long story short, I ended up getting resentful about it. I was frustrated because he had more time to work on his business than I did on mine. And so then, you know, as sometimes we women do, we get resentful, we start collecting evidence. And that led to a little bit of a breakdown in our relationship, which created the need for us to have a conversation. And every time I've had these conversations with Jay, he's been more than willing to figure out how to make this work. He's taken steps back. And so I just share that to say that more often than not, communication is the answer. But more often than not, when it comes to honoring my ambition, I'm usually the problem. I'm usually the roadblock, not him, not our marriage. And so that's been a big learning opportunity for me. And I hope I'm getting better at having those conversations before I make the decisions on my own or before the resentment builds. I can absolutely relate to that. And I know nothing about collecting evidence and building cases in my mind and ruminating (laughs) and (laughs) nothing about that. But in all seriousness, learning how to communicate. For me, Nicole and Leslie, it goes back to asking in a way that doesn't assume anything negative. I know sometimes I can create a narrative in my mind that is just so not true. And if I simply have an adult conversation with Joe and ask for what I need and why it's important, he's more than willing to respond in such a positive way. But it's about silencing all of those negative stories that I tend to create. And I think sometimes they're rooted in fear. Sometimes they come from going against the grain, going against, quote, what society says is normal for us women to do. I honored my ambition when I finally leaned into the calling that had been on my heart for a really long time. Leslie, you mentioned a lot of times our ambition can be this tiny voice, this whisper on our hearts. And that was so true for me. I love coaching. I've loved coaching for a long, long time. And I got myself to a place professionally where I believed, I created this narrative, I believed the only way to get to where I wanted to go was if I continued to climb the corporate ladder and push to get that next role and push to move higher up into leadership. And I dug my heels in and man, I gritted it out as much as I could. And ultimately, I was given the gift of being able to make a choice. I went for a position, a next level leadership role, and I didn't get the role. And that for me was a pivotal time, both personally and professionally, because instead of staying the course and continuing to fight, I took a pause and I allowed for some space and some silence, which I think is another 
practice that can help us all honor our ambition. And I asked myself, what is it that I want? What do I want? And that voice, that whisper on my heart grew louder and louder and louder. And finally, I said, let's do it. I'm going to go for it. And I, like you, Nicole, I stepped away from a career that I knew was very familiar with, had achieved success and launched my own coaching practice. And it's scary, it's exciting, it's nerve-wracking, but I feel like I am truly honoring my ambition. And I love how, Nicole, you brought up that you're honoring your ambition more so now. I feel like with everything, there's new ways to honor ambition with every new project or every new client or every new podcast episode. These skills that we are talking about, these skills of consulting with others and having courageous conversations and forgiving ourselves and recognizing our own desires, communicating, giving space, all of these skills, I think, are ways that we can honor our ambition. Leslie, I'm curious, as you've honored your ambition, what are some of the challenges you have faced? Well, look, I think there's probably more challenges than I can name. There is a quote, I can't remember who said it, but it uses the word men in a generic term, but that many men walk the earth in a life of quiet desperation. If we are going to operate on default mode, we probably are quietly desperate and suffering because we're not honoring our ambition. There's so many things in this world up against us that it's probably easier not to. Nicole mentioned that in her conversations with Jay, which I so connect with, oftentimes it starts with ourselves and self-defeating thinking. I do know the stat on this one. I think it's over 80 some percent, definitely in the 80s, of our thoughts each day are negative. So we have to be proactive and conscious about being optimistic about being bigger thinkers, about trusting ourselves, believing ourselves that we can achieve big things that we want and we dream about. So challenges I find in especially women, but probably most people, I think the biggest one in the way that we limit ourselves is through self-defeating thinking. And part of the problem with ambition, particularly for women, is what I should be. And how, for whatever reason, ambition has this societal conflict with, can I be a great wife, partner? Can I be a great mom? And can I be highly ambitious? And I've even found myself doing this when I'm also, not just in my mind, but in the real world thinking. So this kind of feeds into my self-defeating thinking or wondering of, am I the only one? Like, am I the only one that thinks this way? And so here's an example. I'm in an executive meeting. Sometimes it's in person. Lately, it's been over Zoom. And I was thinking last month, I'm like, man, there's, I'm, first of all, so honored to be with all these people in this meeting, but there's 12 people total and I am the only woman. And I'm sitting there thinking like, do these guys even know what I'm dealing with on the day-to-day when it comes to kids and school and family and figuring out how are we dealing with their education and activities and summer camps. (laughs) I feel like I'm the only one. And then on the flip of that, I'm at 
a Girl Scout meeting or a soccer camp, and I could be wrong, we've never talked about it, but like how many of these other moms are leading multi-million dollar revenue businesses? Does anybody get me out there? It's so easy to say, well, maybe I should just be that role, or maybe I should just be that role. Can I really have what I want and be ambitious in these different aspects of life? I'm here because I think we can, you know, in different ways at different times. But the challenges are abundant, specifically around the messages that we tell ourselves by default, the traps or the lies that we fall into based on what the world tells you you should be, which can sometimes feel against you. It can be in direct contradiction to what your dreams may be. And also what you're surrounded by in your environment are the people in circles understanding and supporting and challenging you at the same time. I do not want to sound like a complainer because I've had so many people in my life, which I'm incredibly grateful for. And they've helped me honor my ambition. But at the same time, it's really easy to compare, which I've done, compare myself to people in my life, whether that be personally or professionally, and wonder if what I think about when it comes to ambition is normal is okay. Can I do it in all of these aspects of life? And that thinking can be pretty powerful. You said a statement, Leslie, that was so powerful. And the statement was, does anyone get me? And as you said that, I just sat here reflecting how as women, as mamas, with big visions and big ambition, it can be extremely lonely. And I'm picturing you in the boardroom with the other executives and then going to Girl Scouts or going to soccer. Do you feel lonely sometimes on your journey to honor your ambition? Oh, definitely. Definitely lonely. And I guess, I think as an executive or a business owner, a lot of times you're not getting real feedback. I mean, people tell you things, but they may not always tell you exactly how they feel. And it does leave me wondering. It does absolutely leave me thinking around a mom group, for example, like, did I say the right thing? Or (laughs) it's wild how questioning I can be of myself when I do feel like I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I think there's That is a phrase I know in diversity and inclusion training of being the only one. And that is actually exhausting at the same time because there's a big energy burn of paving a way or helping provide context for people who maybe don't know where you're coming from because there's differences. And when there are so many differences, it's very lonely. Nicole, how about for you? Do you ever feel lonely? on your journey to honor your ambition? Absolutely. And I have also created or been given the opportunity to know what it is to connect with other uber ambitious women. And it feels like coming home. There is nothing like, and like I said, Jay is super ambitious. And I love that I can connect with him on that in our relationship. But there is nothing like connecting with another career ambitious woman, especially at my stage, married with children. But even I didn't get married or have JJ until way later in life. And I didn't 
know I wanted to get married. I didn't think I was going to have kids. So connecting with other ambitious women along the way, I wish I wouldn't have waited so long. That was a big difference maker. What are some challenges, Nicole, you have faced honoring your ambition? Yeah, I'm going to oversimplify this a little bit. I think all of my challenges could be put in the same category. And it's this. There is basically my internal knowing and my internal voice. And then there's a ton of noise. And all of the challenges are when I listen to the noise and not my inner knowing. So the noise of gender expectations, the noise of naysayers, the noise of haters, the noise of people who said I couldn't, the noise of people not giving me opportunities, the noise of the wage gap, the noise of people's expectations of what I should or what I shouldn't. It's all noise. That's not to say that people can't have great feedback or insight, but I can tell when it connects with my inner knowing and it comes through my inner voice and when it doesn't. And all of the challenges I've faced have come, again, oversimplification. But when I listen to the noise, which tends to be a lot louder than sometimes the quiet whisper of my inner knowing, but when I listen to the noise, that's where all the challenges stem from. How do you silence the noise? Yeah, so (laughs) for me, it's kind of a process. I first ask myself, does this resonate with me? Like, whatever it is that they're saying, does it resonate with me? I had somebody post on social media just very recently about your authentic self should tell you this. And like, does that resonate with me? No, it doesn't. So I'm just going to set that aside. Does it make sense? Give myself the opportunity to even ask that question. Then does this person matter? Are they in a position to give me feedback or say what they say? And then ultimately asking myself, what do I want to do with this? I need to allow myself the opportunity to sit with the noise so that I can turn down the volume dial of that and turn up the volume dial about what do I think? What do I feel? Does this align with me or not? Am I getting energy from this or am I feeling completely drained? It's just that opportunity to check in with myself. I said earlier, one of the things I have to give myself grace on and forgive myself for is how long I stayed in a situation that ultimately wasn't working for me. And it was because I didn't check in with myself. That is something that I am learning to do more and more and more as a business owner. Comparison intensifies that external noise. And being able to honor your ambition is being able to listen to intuition, that calling on your own heart or those questions you provided for us. Does this resonate with me? And what do I want to do about it? And being able to listen to your own answers, regardless of what it means when you start to compare yourself to others. And the choices you make might not be the same as the other people you admire, the people you follow, or the mentors or the leaders, but honoring your ambition is leaning in and listening to your own voice. Nicole, I'm curious, can you speak a little bit more about some barriers women face We've talked a little bit about fear. We've talked about self-doubt. We've talked about comparison. We've talked about loneliness. What are some additional barriers you think women face when they go to honor their ambition? Yes, I think four major ones. 
First and foremost, one of our biggest barriers is our own internal confidence. The root of the word confidence is trust. And so when I talk about confidence, I want to be very clear that what I'm talking about is the trusting yourself aspect of confidence. And research shows that women are less confident than their male counterparts. We weren't born with less confidence. This isn't a nature thing. We, through society and expectations and experiences, have disconnected from our confidence and are a little less inclined to take risks or to just choose to trust ourselves in moments. And so obviously that is going to play a part in chasing your ambition. I know I can relate to this, the feeling of I want to do something, but I'm not sure I can. And you sit in limbo for so long. That's what I'm talking about here. That's one of the biggest barriers is our own internal confidence, trust in ourselves. That if we desire or want to do something that we, that that wasn't put there by accident and that we trust that we can figure it out as we go. So that's one. The second, and this might not apply to everybody, it just kind of depends on what you want to do as it relates to your ambition, but is having the ambition, but not the acumen. So it's one thing to want to do something. Let's take starting a business or creating a product. And I work with so many business owners. I know you all can really... It's one thing to have the desire or the idea or some of the concept. But there's so much that goes into it. I think of a handful of friends where they know what they want to do, but they've never run a business before or they don't know how to put together a scope of work or to pitch to a client or to manage the finances or how to delegate or leverage other people. And there's so much that goes into anything that might require ambition. And so the second big barrier is we have the ambition, but we might be missing the acumen, or at least pieces of the acumen. The third thing and then I think is a big barrier, and it goes back to the judgment and comparison and the tendency to look at the people we surround ourselves with and gauge ourselves based on that, is we have close friends that may not have the same ambitions that we do or the same desires. Personally, I have a best friend group that I could tell them anything and I know it's going to be taken to their grave. I know they'd run in front of a bus for me. These are my people, but they're not my ambition people. I have a, a different group of women for that because my girlfriends, we're all different. We all have created different lives, neither better nor worse. But when I'm thinking about honoring my ambition, that's not the friend group that comes to mind. I'm thinking of different women. And so I think it's understanding, A, that that's completely normal, and B, not having any judgment about ourselves or our friends either way, or even worrying about the judgment that we might think might come from our friends or what have you, but understanding that you might evolve and have different needs as you begin to honor your ambition and that that's okay. And then 
Finally, one of the big barriers is this feeling that we need to piecemeal it all together. Where do I get the resources, the training, the support, the knowledge that I need in order to do it? And for the most part, there isn't a one-stop shop (laughs) to do that. When I go back to when I started my business, I had 400 conversations with 400 different people to get the information I needed to take that next step or to put one foot in front of the other. And I hired a business coach, but I also had a different coach. And I also had my study group. And I also had the people I reached in a marketing standard. There's so much to piecemeal together. I wish there was a place where I could ask all the questions. And you see that a little bit in social media groups where it's like, how are you handling this? I'm in a handful of business groups. And it's just like, okay, it's not just me. Everybody's trying to piecemeal this together. And that can make it challenging. That was a powerful lesson for me as a business owner, because sometimes I think other business owners have all the answers and they have it all figured out. And what I'm learning is no one has all the answers and has it figured out. It's the business owners who are thriving and succeeding have a community they can lean on for support and getting those questions answered, which is really, really helpful and really powerful. Leslie, what recommendations do you have for people to lean in and honor their ambition? Yes. I have so many recommendations. (laughs) I've been hearing them throughout this conversation. But the first thing I would say is it is highly recommended to take baby steps. Maybe it's even journaling to identify the ambition. I think setting goals, really small goals in alignment with those baby steps of what would it look like if I did this? What does it look like if I had that courageous conversation? And amplifying that voice, whatever it may be, I think taking risk, again, they can be really little risk that pursue your desires outside of your comfort zone. And again, they don't have to be big, crazy leaps off the side of a cliff, but just like, you know what? That would be uncomfortable. Okay, great. Let's do it. Or let's take one step in that direction. I would make sure that you make yourself a priority Think about it. We spend the most time of our lives with ourselves. We talk the most to ourselves. And the better we shape we are in, and that can be health, that can be sleep, that can be fun and laughter. But even from a financial standpoint, you know, how am I learning? What am I reading? Who am I surrounding myself by? We've all talked about hiring coaches. We are our biggest investment. And I think finding important and strategic ways to invest in yourself that's in alignment with your goals, your ambition is really important. Eliminate the negativity, like ditch the guilt. I would say, you know, be proactive with how can you override those negative voices or all that noise that. Nicole talked about. How can I override that? For me, I really like affirmations. Before I go into a scenario, maybe that's a meeting, maybe it's a conversation, maybe it's I'm sensing these thoughts that are creeping in. 
the cracks and they're negative is overriding them with the person I want to be, the person I want to become. And very important, which we've had the extreme honor to do today is to surround yourself with ambitious people. Find those people that are as like-minded to you as possible. Make sure you are spending time with them and you're supporting each other in your goals. I think community is a really important part of life. And there are others like you. There are a lot of ambitious women. It's been some navigating for me to find them. But hey, I found both of you and many others that I hope are listening to this that I admire, love, and appreciate. But make sure you're surrounding yourself with ambitious people that are supporting your goals and dreams. It really is such a gift to find people who are like-minded and desire to support you and have such an abundant mentality. And I am so grateful, as I mentioned at the beginning, I have respected and admired both of you for such a long time. It is blowing my mind that here we are, the three of us coming together on a podcast with so many similar stories and experiences, and we're able to come together to serve a greater community. Leslie, you mentioned taking risk to pursue your desires outside of your comfort zone. And I appreciate how you pointed out that these risks don't have to be huge and monumental. That can be one of the barriers to honoring your ambition is that in our minds, we build things out to be so big and so overwhelming. Some of the most risky things I did when I started my business were one, having the real conversation with my husband around, this is what I really want to do. I know I've mentioned it in passing in the past, but this is what I really want to do. And that conversation then gave me the confidence and the courage to start to go to select people in my network and float the idea by them. Hey, I'm thinking of starting my own coaching practice. What do you think? And at the time, those conversations were so risky and so scary. And as I got positive feedback that gave me the courage to have more and to leave the company and to start the business. So I love how you point out honoring your ambition can really take place in these small steps and these small risks can lead to the bigger risk where you really start to make yourself a priority. Nicole, what ideas do you have to help others lean in and honor their ambition? Have courageous conversations first and foremost with yourself. Create and allow for that space, that time to turn down the volume of the noise and turn up the volume of your inner knowing, your inner voice, your ambition, what you want. And don't judge it. Like, even if it's 10 minutes in the bathroom and you lock the door, whatever you can find to have some time, but ask yourself, what do I want? What do I really want? But then watch for that voice that goes, oh, no, not that, or that's too big, or you can't have that, or somebody told you you couldn't, or whatever. It's really to know that even when you try to listen to your own internal knowing, that volume of the noise is going to just creep right back in really quickly. The second thing is get into action. Always get into action. Action builds confidence more than anything else. And you already nailed this one, Kristen, but... How do you climb out Everest? One step at a time. 
So we have a tendency to look at the big mountain as opposed to understanding that the way you accomplish anything big is one foot in front of the other. So get into action, find a tribe, find people that you can be completely ambitious in front of and not worry that will give you feedback that are trying to accomplish big things too. So you can lean on each other, leverage each other. And then on top of that, leverage others' experience and expertise. So whether it's hiring a coach or doing a mastermind or whatever the case may be is really, how do I learn from people who've done what I want to do or who understand the business acumen that I need or who have knowledge, wisdom, and experience that it's going to take me time to develop on my own. How do I learn from and leverage from other people? And finally, and this is a really, really important one, and I just can't stress it enough. You have to invest in yourself. Invest time, invest money, whatever that is for you. But if you don't invest in yourself, who will? And to understand that there is a significant difference between an expense and an investment. When you look at things, invest in yourself first for the highest rate of return. And what I mean by that is if you're looking at spending money to get your logo created versus to hire a coach, hire a coach every single freaking time. Your logo is never going to sell anything on its own. And so that's an investment in something and that will come at some point in time. But when given the choice, always invest in yourself and at first because it's always going to have the greatest return on investment. I appreciate all of the insight that has been shared today. We have uncovered so many of the barriers that exist as people strive to honor their ambition. Leslie and Nicole, you offered so many ideas on how people can lean in and honor their ambition, everything from breaking it down to a small step and eliminating negativity, having those courageous conversations with yourself, the tribe and the community and investment in yourself. If you are listening to this episode today and you are thinking, I want to honor my ambition and I want to find a community to support me as I honor my ambition. We have the Honor Your Ambition Mastermind coming soon. For more information on this mastermind, follow us at Honor Your Ambition on Instagram or head to our website, honoryourambition.com. And with that, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins noting your lessons learned, and identify your priorities for next week so you can consistently progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.